Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, your podcast which discusses sports of all sorts. I'm Andrew Donison and I'm joined by the master tipper himself, the runaway leader in the raw.com.au NRL tipping competition, the guru, the master, AJ Mithen. I won't be caught, you're right. Hi everyone, hope everyone's doing well. How far ahead are you? I think I'm up by five. Which is, un, you know... You sure, you sure not up by seven? You know exactly how much you're ahead by. You, were, you told me you were ahead by seven about five minutes no, ago. It's five. I'm unkillable. I won't be caught. I won't be caught. I won't be caught. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the only big news in NRL <laughs> this week. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about something that AJ wrote about in on the raw.com.au this week and then maybe was uh, proven to be a little bit hasty right No, no, that. don't no. go into... T- you always do too much detail in the intro, Andrew. Just oh. wait. Just save it. Bellamy. Stop stop blowing it all early. Bellamy just... and Bennett. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get into that. We will also talk about some AFL. What are we going to talk about in the... AFL. Renamed stadiums. Renamed stadiums. Bloody hell. I want to have a chat about AB de Villiers. I want to have a chat about injuries. And I want to have a chat about whether clubs, sporting clubs, have any obligation to be truthful in their injury lists. That sounds interesting. Mm. All mm. right. Let's, let's go first into stadiums. Renamed stadiums. So you the, you are a Geelong supporter. I am a Geelong supporter. Since you've been born, do you want to run me through the list of grounds that your football club is called home? Well, it was Cadinia Park. Mm-hmm. And then I believe it was Skilled Stadium. Mm-hmm. And then I believe it was Baytech Stadium. Uh, you, no, no, one before Skilled. Shell. Ah, Shell. Shell. Uh, it was Shell first. That's yes. right. Shell, then Skilled, then Baytech. I don't think Baytech even made it through a whole year because the company went Boots up. Um, then it was back to Skilled, I think. Yeah. And then there was another one that I can't... Ah, Simmons Stadium. Yep. Yes. And now it's Skilled Stadium again. No, it's GMHBA oh, it's Stadium. GMHBA, that's right. GMHBA, their local health You really company. obviously pay attention to the, the name of a stadium and what it, what, it, what it represents, what it means. Well, no one does. Well, I, I've wow. been proven wrong today because you... the, the uh, Dockland Stadium here in Melbourne has been renamed from a previous sponsor's name to a current sponsor's name. We don't speak sponsor's names, Andrew, unless they're going to be sponsoring us like our good friends at Club Raw, but we'll get to that commercial a bit later. Very good. Yes. And, and also we'll forget about all the names that we just said about the uh, the Geelong They're historical. Ground. Those companies are either... Whatever. Anyway, let's, right. get, let's move on. But yeah, so it's moved to an entertainment company. Yes. And my Lord, didn't all of the AFL journos in town try to make the funniest quip about that? Pretty sad, wasn't it? Oh. Trying to name superhero puns and... Yeah. Uh, just stupid. But anyway, I was surprised by how, how, how excited everyone is at the renaming of a stadium to a, to a corporate brand. It's just bizarre to me. It is, but I I think this time it's probably the first time that a stadium has been named into something that's right in the public consciousness. It's not a brand. It's not Blundstone. No, no, no. As in, it's not a uh, like skilled. It's not skilled. It's not Mm. uh, shell. It's not colonial, colonial bank or colonial first national, whatever that was. Colonial not around anymore. so. So, but it's not a big corporation, although it is. It's seen as this movie-building, comic-writing enterprise, which is all a little bit of fun. And what they're going to do is 
we've we've talked previously about the fan activation at grounds. They are going to double down on that, and they're going to make Dockland Stadium a massive fan activation zone. Well, we'll, we'll see. There'll be a lot of kids there, but anyway. I think. Oh God! I think you're you're you're, you're really over it, aren't you? No, I, look, <laughs> I, every single episode of this point in discussion, I don't care if you get your money. Get your money any way you can. If you're yep. an organisation, a player, a team, anyone, get your money however you can. But don't turn around when you get a new corporate sponsor and try to tell everyone that this is the greatest thing in the world. It's a cash deal. It's an exposure deal for them. Um, the the coverage and attention it got, we we record here in Melbourne, and it's just just ridiculous. But also, as soon as I heard it this morning, I've just gone, oh no, I'm going to see so many nuffies just yeah. going, oh this is ridiculous. Why is it called that? Blah blah blah. Money. Every state, while well, the MCG doesn't, it's all cash. It's not a like the SCG is not named after something, but that. They, they get their money in other ways, but nearly every other stadium around the world, like there's the, what is it, the 1300 Smiles Stadium. Yeah, up in North Queensland in Townsville. That's right. It's just, it's insane. But there's, there's a, my, my, my baseball team over in the States, the Chicago White Sox play at guaranteed rate field. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Now, okay, I'm going to, here's a, here's a question, and this might be something for the, for yourself and the listeners. Is a company sponsoring either a football ground or your football team more likely to make you purchase goods or services from that company? It's a good question. Go to on the Twitter at ASD underscore radio or Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Are you are you swerved are you by swayed? sponsors? What well, I want I want to hear from you. Three no. words. No. I'll give okay. you two letters, N-O. <laughs> yep, same, same. All right, let us know, though, ASD underscore radio, facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. AJ, it has been a big week in rugby league and no bigger characters in rugby league in Australia than Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy. That's right. Wayne Bennett, as we speak, is coaching his 800th game mm-hmm. of uh, rugby league. It's a fair effort. Won nearly 500 of them. That's um, amazing. Uh, big, big talk during the week that – well, it wasn't talk. It was – Fact. Confirmed. Confirmed by Melbourne, by Craig Bellamy, by by Wayne Bennett and by the Broncos that the Broncos are knee-deep, hip-deep uh, in trying to get Bellamy. They're in discussions. They're deep in discussion. Yeah, they haven't uh, – apparently they haven't tabled a full offer yet, but there's an offer that was talked about in the press for years, uh, $5.6 million or something like that, but the numbers are neither here nor there. We'll never really know. Craig Bellamy's been at Melbourne for, what, 18 years? Almost 20 years? Was it Chris Anderson and then Bellamy? No, Chris Anderson, then another guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. Bellamy. And then Bellamy. Bellamy, I think, 2003 or something like that. So he's been there for 15 years. Yeah. He's, he's won uh, 
legally or <laughs> recognised or not, he's won a number of championships. He's won four grand finals, only two of them count. Yeah. Yes. Now, Wayne Bennett, he's been at the Broncos, he's been at, he went to the Dragons. He won he, a premiership with the Dragons, he went to Newcastle, right. yep. uh, took Newcastle to a prelim, didn't do exactly, yeah, it all went to putting at Newcastle because of that Nathan Tinkler Oh, of course, organisation yeah, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and now he's back. He started at the off. He started off with the Raiders. Um, coaching. Yeah, he coached uh, coached one year at the Raiders and then went to the Broncos when they joined the comp in '88. Okay. Um, well, there you go. I didn't know that he did the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, so, eight hundred games. A lot of he rubs people the wrong way, Bennett. And the speculation was the the, the tricky thing is that. Bellamy's off contract at the end of this season. Yes. But Bennett's not off contract till the end of 2019. Yeah. So that's where scuttlebutt and speculation runs rife, especially with the talk that it was reported fairly conclusively that an offer had been made to Bellamy. And also a coach of Craig Bellamy's stand-ins, Melbourne Storm would probably not offer him a one-year deal. At the end of this year, if they were going to keep him, yeah. they'd offer him a three, four-year deal. Four. Well, apparently... Uh, Dave Donahue, Dave Donahue, sorry, the CEO of the Storm, uh, when the story broke mm-hmm. a bit that the offer was made to him, came out and said, "Oh yeah, well we've offered him one point two five million a year for a three year contract right. extension." So that is a significant amount of money. So the questions, Andrew, did uh, who leaked it first? We're never going to know. Did ben, did Bellamy leak it because he wants the Storm to stump up an extra year or more cash? Did Bennett leak it? Because when I'm naming them, I'm saying they're camps. They're camps. Um, yep. Did Bennett leak it because he heard it was happening and wanted to bring it all to a head to get clarity around what's going on? Did the Broncos leak it because they want to destabilise Wayne? Uh, is it just all a happy coincidence that this is all coming up at once? Or the big question: Are they all in on it together and it's just a bunch of mates organising a smooth transition from one coach to the next? That's not outside the realms of possibility either, I suppose. No, and I wonder what because they happened. do they do know each other. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, that's all right. Uh, Bellamy was understudy to Wayne at the Broncos for five years, which is um, why I think the the push is has always yeah. been for the last five six years. Bellamy, oh, he'll come home. He'll come home. Yeah, but he's not, he doesn't. He's not from Brisbane. no. He's not a Queenslander. No, no, no. Um, which is <laughs> interesting. It's really interesting. So I wonder what happened first. Like, did someone approach Bellamy? Or did someone just go, oh, Bellamy's there, I'm going to have an off-the-cuff conversation? Did they have a conversation with Wayne Bennett where he was non-committal and they went, oh, God, we need to get a succession plan in place? It's it's the... With all of these issues, like every story, getting the, um, the timeline of events is so crucial to figure out exactly what's happened. Well, and the, as you said, who's put the message out? Well, the way the Broncos told it, uh, on Wednesday this week, I think it was, the mm. CEO and Bennett came out and both said, Bennett said, yeah, I told them, I recommended that they talk to Craig Bellamy. And the CEO said, yes, Wayne recommended that we talk to Craig Bellamy. But then the story behind that was Wayne knew that they were thinking of Bellamy and had approached Bellamy. I read this in the paper, so this isn't me. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that's, that's all we know. Yeah. That's what we know. Um, like. And he said, uh, Bennett knew they were thinking of Bellamy and were going to talk to Bellamy at some point, but he didn't know that they actually had started talking to Bellamy. Right. Yes. And and so this brings up thoughts of various teams and clubs in various codes that have had coaching succession plans in place so that if this situation comes about where the coach 
you expect that he's going to be there and all of a sudden something else happens. You go, oh, okay, well, we've got someone coming through in the AFL, Mick Moulthouse and Nathan Buckley. Yeah. That didn't really work. I don't think they worked that well because... No, well, you need Paul Roos and need... John Longmire did. Yeah, well, that's true. But I think Longmire took over a lot more than Buckley did before and before the yeah. end of Ruse. And also Ruse, Ruse and... probably left when he wanted to as yeah. opposed to a year earlier like Moulthouse Ruse did. And, Ruse and Simon Goodwin... Didn't work all that well. No. There's still a lot of work to be done there. Um, and you look at the Australian Buckley, cricket situation, there yeah. was no succession planning and they were What do you think? Do you, would, you, out. would you want a succession plan for your club? Because I kind of, I prefer someone coming in cold, bringing their own ideas. Like, say, Chris Scott at Geelong, coming in, taking over from Bowman Thompson. It's a complete 180 from what was going on before. I was going to, before you said that, I was going to say it would depend upon where you were as a club. So as a Hawthorne supporter, when Peter Schwab was gotten rid of and Alistair Clarkson came in, he was from completely outside the club and he turned everything around. And so if you're in the shit, it's a good thing to have happen. But Mm. I was going to say, if you're in a good situation, you want stability. However... The Geelong in 2011 situation, that that sort of might prove that to be incorrect. But you look at all of the issues when Kevin Peterson was the captain of the English cricket team and the coaching merry-go-round that was going on there, a lot of that was to do with the personalities within the team and whether they got along with the coach. So I wonder how much of it comes down to the team themselves. And I think if you read a lot of things about that Geelong 2011 side, Matthew Scarlett might as well have been coaching that team. Like, they were basically looking after themselves. I'll pull you up there. Stevie Johnson. I won't. I don't uh, like people saying, "Oh, the players coach themselves," because they don't. They can't. They don't know how. They go out and play, but they need to be directed how to play, and they yeah. can tell each other what they're going to do and what they should be doing. But someone overseas telling them what they should be doing and when okay. they should be doing it. I think if so you've been, doing, I don't, it I don't if you've been it. doing it for long enough, you know what you're meant to do. Uh, I don't buy it. Okay, I don't buy fair it. enough. Anyway. So let's see how the, the Bellamy and Bennett thing plays out. But AJ, you wrote an article, and I imagine that this issue will continue for a few more weeks. And it you'll will. Be writing, There's a long way a to go. There's a long way to go, fortunately, because I wrote an article basically saying that, um, uh, talking about all the ramifications that can happen yep. if Bennett, go, Bennett is pissed off or Bellamy comes in or anything like that. And then probably within three hours of it being published, the Broncos called that press conference and completely blew the whole thing, the whole story out of the water. Um, all of the um, the coverage, including mine, was all about how how annoyed Bennett would be and how Bellamy um, may or may not come over and what does it mean for the clubs and this, that, and the other. So I was looking at it that way and uh, had some strong words about how Bennett was getting treated. <laughs> and then he came out and basically said, "Yeah, I was in on all of it." So we're right, which is great hey, media the, management by the Broncos. It. No, nobody hoses down. Spot fires like the Broncos ignore, obfuscates, deflect, redirects. They're the masters at it, and uh, they've done it here. But the, the doesn't oh, I stand by what I wrote? I thought about it at the time. I thought, oh shit, I've really got this wrong here. But no, no, I haven't. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see because there's a hell of a lot to play out outside of the week of Bennett's 800th game, where the Broncos just wanted to avert a scandal. AJ, I would like to talk about 
injuries. Let's have it then. What, have, had, you, what have you done? Are you all right? Well, no, I did. I did hurt my back doing uh, footy training for the Community Cup, but that's all right. Hopefully, yeah. I'll be there out on the uh, the ground June twenty fourth down at Victoria Park. The uh, megahertz against the rock dogs. Jeez, that's an extensive preseason. Are you a megahertz or you're a rock dog? Damn right, I'm a megahertz. Triple R PBS megahertz against the SB rock dogs. Down the rock dogs. Um, but not my injuries. They happen all too frequently. But in the sporting realm, now we've spoken before about bizarre injuries. People hurting themselves whilst sitting down playing PlayStation. People hurting themselves in various other fashions. There's been an interesting injury in the AFL tonight on Thursday night. Callum Mills. He, of the Sydney Swans? Of the Sydney Swans. Now, it emerged that he had injured himself mm-hmm. and it was that he was any a, specifics or he just injured himself initially it was he had, he had hurt his foot uh in, in a, a training incident okay and then very very quickly it was confirmed that he's actually going to miss the rest of the season oh. after breaking his foot whilst throwing an American football with teammates on the way back from a cafe when he tripped and fell. Oh. Yeah. That's not good. No. Which people around the SCG, they probably shouldn't do that, because last year Dane Rampey missed the first six weeks of the season after trying to jump over a chain fence, getting his foot caught and breaking his wrist. <laughs> now, wow. they are... It's, a, it's, it's an unusual injury, but not uncommon. It's not, but I've got a question for you. Let's have it. With this and with others being injured with frisbees and dog bites and falling over in showers, do you believe that? Do you believe what you're told, that that's how they injured themselves? Um, who fell over in the shower? Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson. When he was at North Melbourne, wasn't Yes. It? Yeah, that's right. He was out for a very long time. Mm. Do you believe those stories? Well, you have to, don't you? Because that's what—that's the only—that's the only story. Unless it's a Jordan Degoe type from Collingwood who said he broke his finger playing with his dog or something, and then it turned out he was doing something else. No, it's oh, I can't remember. I should no, have, I should so have checked the, that out. The, the Degoe one was this year. I think that was actually Jeremy Howe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jeremy the, Howe broke his finger saying it was playing frisbee with his dog. But then someone said, "Hang on a minute, you, you were, were playing, playing cricket, cricket yeah. in the off season and he, last week." He, like, no, he no, insists it was dog related. So I've I've now got a follow up question: Do you care? Well, I don't care, but um, I don't think it can hurt. You know, I live on a steady diet of American sports, Andrew, and yep. they are fined if they don't disclose the exact nature of injuries and the status of the player. Um, there's a set time during the week where it all has to be reported. There's yep. three, three. This is the NFL. I'm talking National Football League. They've got three times during the week where injuries have to be reported first and then updated both okay. time, each time. Yep. And when they update it, they have to uh, give a detail on the status, whether it's out, probable, questionable. Okay. Uh, it goes probable, questionable, out, and they. The final decision on the player being out or questionable or whatever doesn't have to be made until 90 minutes before the game when the team sheets go in. Is there a sanction if they say this person will be out for three weeks and they're out for longer or shorter? Or no. is it more just an accepted thing that the clubs are a little bit more truthful? No, well, they have to be. It's not an accepted thing. It is, it's the thing. And if, someone, so if, they, the- if someone's out 
they don't. It doesn't matter whether they say they're out for two and they're back in one, or they're out for six and they're back in two. It's just that they're out, and they come back whenever they come back. Oh, so do they have? Do they then say this person will be out for X number of weeks, or they're not playing this week? Well, they just say they're not playing this week. Ah, uh, okay. That's so the NFL, but that's, a diff- that's diff- the difference, it's though. Different in baseball. Yep. Where they have a ten-day disabled list, yep. a sixty-day disabled list, ninety-day disabled list. Um, uh, where you put an injured player on that you put list, an injured and you player can bring on that someone list. in. That player is either is def most definitely injured if they go on those lists because they cannot come back until that time has elapsed. Yeah, okay. So I don't mind I don't mind that system. That's the, a, so because in in a lot in the the NRL and the the AFL here in Australia there's a lot of weight put on oh this person hamstring 3 weeks, buttocks 2 weeks. Like the injury lists note how many weeks that person is going to be out for and the people who are I guess against that who sort of just go nah you're you're making this up that there's actually a different injury they're going to be out for longer some of the time or a lot of the times they reference the the NFL Mm. and just go well they're so much more truthful Mm. but if you only had to say this person won't be available they're injured no they have to say what the injury is you know say what the injury is but they don't have to from from what I can gather from what you're saying they don't have to say and they'll be out for eight weeks they just say he's got a busted foot. He's not playing this week. No, they say he's got a busted foot. He's not playing this week, and he's not likely to be back until like six weeks right. later or something like that. They, yeah, they don't hide the length of time someone's going to be out. And it's just a culture thing. It's just what they do. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. They're a lot more. I mean, compared to Australian sports, the American sports are basically transparent. Yeah, um, they tell you exactly what's going on with you know player movement, all the uh, why someone's injured, why they're not playing, what's yep. going on. You know, here, there, and everywhere. Of course, there's secrets. Oh, everyone no holds doubt. secrets, but the immaturity with how the secrets get held a little bit stronger towards the, the end of the season as well. I'd imagine. Yeah, well, that, but that's the thing. It's the rules that you can't hold the secret. Yeah, they have to. Everyone knows what the injury list is. They don't. If someone's banged up, then they won't put that on. Yeah. If some, you know, if you've oh, got, if got general like soreness, sore or ribs, but they're still going to play. Yeah. Yeah. But the the another big difference in the NFL is if someone gets injured, they go into the rooms and have an MRI in the rooms because that's where the uh, <laughs> machine is. Yeah. Um, true. <laughs> they're true. basically at a medical center underneath. But uh, taking that, taking it back to Australia, and uh, uh, it is immaturity in my eyes with the way yeah. the AFL especially handles injury reports. Um, and their teams and uh, even individual players. It's almost embarrassing watching the news and seeing the way players are trying to dodge around. Oh, yeah, oh, a bit sore, <laughs> you know. Well, you're on crutches. Oh, yeah, you could say that, you know, that sort of you know, rubbish yeah. like that. But and I remember, it's not, it's not a new thing. I remember in the, oh, it must have been the 90s for Melbourne, um, Stephen Tingay, buttocks, test. That was a thing for a number of weeks. Mm. He had a whatever the injury was, it was always. Well, Brad Otten's out two weeks, and Neil Baum used to go on to had a Friday spot on Melbourne Radio, yep. and would always say, "Oh, he's a couple of weeks away. He's a couple of weeks away," and he missed something like fifteen weeks. But he was always a couple. Of but weeks he was always away. a couple of weeks away. So oh. the, the the next the other part of it is the second question that I that I asked you as a fan. Do you care? As a fan, I do care about that. Okay. Because you want to know 
you're interested in the team composition, how they're going to play. Yep. You know what sort of strategies they're going to use. What are your opponents up to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what sort of strategies are they going to use? Whether your big players are going to miss or not. Um, yep. But I don't understand why AFL teams are so. It's like it's the last piece of intellectual property they've got to play with, and they're just yeah. desperately hanging on and not telling anyone about it. See, because oh, it's I embarrassing. It's it embarrassing. is. Well, so firstly, I don't. I just think they should just say what's what's up. Like this person's got this injury, um, and they'll be out for this many weeks, like that. But also, I don't think I care. I've been I've been following Hawthorne this year, and. Cyril Riol has missed a few weeks. I've got no idea how long until he's back. I don't know what his injury is. I know that he was playing and he hurt himself in a game and he's not playing now. I know that Grant Birchall's not playing. But when they come back, I'll go, oh, they're back in. So I don't really mind. That's pretty slack supporting. No, I support... Oh, them. I go to the game and they're, they're either out there or they're not. Yeah, I support the... <laughs> the well, there's, there's 22 blokes out there wearing a Hawthorne jumper. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're you're in the minority here. I think people want to know. They want to know. We'll, we'll, let's put that on the Twitter as well. At ASD underscore radio, facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Do you want to know what the injuries are and how long a player is out for? Uh, and does there need to be more transparency around it? What did you get up to today, Andrew? Oh, uh, well, I I went to work. I had a very productive day sitting at my desk, mm. looking out the window, wishing that I was running around oh. doing something <laughs> other than sitting picking, at my desk. Picking daffodils in the meadow. Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. What about, what about you, AJ? I, I feel as though there's something <laughs> behind this. Was it that obvious? Um, yeah. I was at the dentist for a fair bit of the day. Because right. I had to, had some. You can't tell because my face is still as pretty as it has ever been. Oh, naturally. But um, yeah, I had needed to get some dental work done. Okay. And uh, as I was sitting there under, where are the, we going with this? I was sitting there under the drill, <laughs> and uh, looking up at the roof, and you never they were, <laughs> they were playing an Ed Sheeran album while you were at the dent while right. I was at the dentist in the chair, looking up with the drill. It's uh, you couldn't make it up. It was oh, I wouldn't try. So the mind wanders. It sounds in. horribly boring. What did you do this afternoon? Well, I went to the dentist went to the and I listened dentist, to Ed Sheeran. Went to the dentist, got drilled, and while I was being drilled, Ed Sheeran was on. You know, I thought I was, <laughs> I was dead. I didn't know where I'd gone, up or down. Uh, so the mind wandered, Andrew. Okay, wandered a long where, way. Where, where did it wander, AJ? I had a few thoughts ticking through my head, and then one. One thought landed in. Solidified. It solidified. And, and that what was, was that? That round four of the Club Raw Awards are now open. You can submit your videos for a chance to win a share of $10,000. That is the worst segue that anyone has ever done. The Raw Australia's largest sports opinion website is giving away $10,000 to local sports players. All you need to do is send a video of you playing grassroots grassroots sport to Club Raw. They'll promote the video on Club Raw and also put you in the running for the Club Raw Awards. That's right. Ten grand on the line. Remember, don't take a GoPro out on the field or anything like that. You need to film someone, either get someone to film you or film someone else doing something good. It doesn't need to be fat people doing things. Could and be also, young up-and-comers, all that sort of stuff. And don't stage it. Don't, yeah. Don't stage it. We've all seen that. We know when you're staging yeah, it. It's incredibly obvious when you're staging it. Find out more. Go to search Club Raw on your Internet Explorer or go to www.clubraw.com.au. 
That was a pretty good live read. Andrew, let's move on. $10,000, AJ. 10000 bucks. Well, God. if you had a video of me with my mouth open listening to Ed Sheeran with the <laughs> drill in there, things would have been interesting. Anyway, we put a call out during the week, Andrew, on Twitter, yes. Twitter at ASD underscore radio, Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Now... A lot of fussing during the week. You know, I love yeah, my... I, I want to know where this came from, because this is, this is an AJ Mithen initiative, the initial <laughs> question, and I'm curious now, as to where it came from. Well, it comes from... So, so say the question first. Well, no, no, we'll get to oh, the okay. question. Um, it's... Uh, do a lot of tweeting while I watch rugby league mm-hmm. and, and AFL games. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that is noticeable is when a senior journalist from either code post something about an umpire's decision. Oh, yeah. And then there's a stream of people underneath saying, I've had it with this. I'm never watching this again. I'm tearing up my membership. You know, this game's stuffed. I'm never looking at this again. Uh, I've had enough, blah, 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 blah. Can I quickly interject there Go and, for and give you something that what the what the the commentators never do? They never go... Oh yeah, the umpire was right. I was watching the old Hawthorne, umpire nailed that the yeah. umpire the Hawthorne game on the weekend, and a free kick was given. I don't even know who it was to, and the commentators, oh, you can't give that. Oh, he didn't do rah rah rah. Then they showed a different camera angle, which was basically where the umpire was, and the bloke had his arm draped over the other guy's shoulder and around his neck. Well, it's yeah. dead silence, and that's like the thing of uh, uh, Gus Gould. When he's oh, doing, you know, I, I know it's in the rules, but I really don't like it when they pay that, when they do that penalty. <laughs> That's fine. I know it's in the rules, yeah. but. I know it's Come in the on, rules, Gus. but. So, we put a question out on the Twitter, at ASD underscore radio. We wanted to hear from people who actually did tear up their memberships or stop watching a sport, walked away from a sport because they didn't like the match officials. Yes, it didn't get as much traction as you thought it might. Well, with the number of people every every single game who are walking away from the game in disgust, I thought we'd be absolutely flooded. Uh, so we had to widen the scope a little bit. Do you think that might have been hyperbole? Later in the week, hey, look, I take people at their word, Andrew. Yeah, even, no, even, it's, it's fair enough, <laughs> as you should. Especially on Twitter, where everyone tells the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we widened it a bit. We said, well, how about if you just stop watching your favourite sport or team for any reason. Okay. Because there's a lot of unhappy people with how... The, let's talk AFL for a moment. The look of the game. The look of the game is oh, stuffed. Everything's stuffed. In the NRL, there's too many penalties and too many sin bins. <laughs> or if you're looking at Hang it... Hang on, was it last year not enough penalties? Not enough penalties. Yep. And why aren't they using the sin bin? The sin bin is dead. Amazing. Our beautiful, beautiful listeners, Andrew, they've come through for us again. Might kick us off with Emily... Now, we tried to get in touch with Emily to have a word about yes. this. But oh, that's my fault. Unfortunately, I, it fell through. So, sorry, I mean, I, we'll, we will try to get I forced you on. Us to, I forced us to record a little bit later tonight. So, sorry, Emily. We will try to get you on in the coming weeks because I'm, I'm really interested in this. And she says, officials got to me. There was no point watching the NRL these days when you have no idea what the refs will do and who they want to win. Oh, that last bit gets <laughs> me. Who they want to win. Yeah. It happens in every code. It's, oh, they want this team to win. They want that team to win. You know Free what? Free kick Hawthorne. Yeah. Well, Penal- a- penalty Broncos. But if you talk to the Broncos fans or the Hawthorne fans, they go, oh, geez, this team gets such a, an armchair ride. You talk yeah. to the fans of that team, oh, that other team gets an armchair ride. Interesting, though, uh, Broncos actually 
give away the least penalties in the NRL. But that we're not here to talk stats. Who's next, Andrew? Brendan Cook have gone off AFL big time. The inconsistency in umpiring and the match review panel has pushed me away. Game has gone soft. Well, there's there's your three your three big ones in the. Uh, I'm walking away in disgust. It's classic, classic. The the, yeah. the the one that gets me there is the game has gone soft. Mm. It's like, yeah, because they can't stand toe-to-toe and punch each other in the face anymore. That's... No, they, they, they can't bump each other anymore or they yes, get suspended. Of course you can. Yeah, you can bump and then you just get a week off. No, you don't. Be Ryan Burton. Keep going. we got a lot of... We got a lot Case more. Bunting. I only... As an NRL, I only watch Roosters games now. Presumably they're a Roosters supporter. I used to watch every NRL game every week but can't do it to myself anymore. Ref's been whistle-happy this year, has helped me stay away, but the product isn't what it once was either. And we talked about those mm. issues in the last couple of weeks. Fairly common, the product being isn't what it was. Probably the only... Pro league in Australia that has that doesn't have that problem is the Super Netball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. That, that's gone through the roof. Yeah, we got a good one from Damo and Greeno from the starting block. Uh, make sure you listen to them on eighty nine point three FM out in Western Sydney Thursdays at ten pm. They stop watching footy and cricket when certain commentators are on. Does that count? Oh. I reckon that does count. Absolutely, it yeah. does. Yeah, it's something that turns you turns you away. So and they, they also said that Sully baseball who's a, um, over in California, mm-hmm. stopped following his lifelong team this year because they allowed a player with a domestic violence charge to play. Oh, okay. Now, that uh, opens up an interesting one. We've talked about uh, crooks in teams and that before. Yeah. We might, thanks, Damo and Greeno. We're going to bank that one and come back to that because that's a tricky one when your team picks someone who's a... Yeah. Rugged, rugged hoodlum. Do you follow the individuals or do you follow the jumper and how does it make you, yeah, mm. how does it change your viewing habits? Stu McLennan, friend of the show, we've had him on uh, previously, slightly off centre, but I struggled to support the Belmain Tigers when Alan Jones was at the helm. Poor rugby league coach. Oh, poor rugby league coach, fine, but having his views, his views associated with my club was difficult. By the mm. way, I stuck with them regardless. So that's related to that last one of the the players and their off-field misdemeanours. The coach and their their thoughts, their mm. views. It's an interesting one. We love Stu McLean, our first ever guest host mm. on a sporting discussion and coach of the Aris Eagles Rugby League over, Eagles. Over, in, over in Athens, over in Greece. Good luck, Stu. Hope it's all going well. Ian Harkin. Yep. Uh, long-time Ian's, listener, Ian's regular, regular contributor. Yeah. Sorry to say, I'm a fair weather fan. I used to watch the Brisbane Lions all the time when they were a strong side, but the past couple of years, I've hardly watched them at all. They've just been so bad. As soon as it looks like things have turned, I'll be on the bandwagon again. I love that last bit. At least hey, it acknowledges the, the concept of the bandwagon. That's now, interesting, though, because the, uh, the Lions have been bad, but AFL is really hard to watch this year. Well, it says you. I, it I just like feels it. like it goes on and on and on. And they might be the most skilled they've ever been and they might be the most electrifying they've ever been, but the game is just so long. So it's also the most tactical it's ever been. And yeah. that, that's, I think, one of the, the things that people don't like. Just back super, along. Super, just ta- super tactical is an anathema. Is that how you say yeah. it? To how Australian rules are supposed to be played. Ah, oh, but how are sports supposed to be played? <sighs> with Things joy, change. With joy and with freedom, Andrew. Things change, Next, AJ. we got contacted by Dream, the Dream Slides and Cover Drives podcast. We don't know if it was Jenny Wallace or Angel Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it was both of them. Hope yep. you're going well. Uh, rugby. 
found it wasn't I wasn't enjoying the style of play. I didn't enjoy penalty or drop goals as the only scoring option. League, I still follow State of Origin, but I live in an AFL state there over in Western Australia, so I watch a lot more of that than NRL. So locality affected my viewing habits. And the start of that, talking about rugby, that mm. sounds very much like my co-host AJ Mithen around about the, I want to say, 2003 World Cup, was it, when mm. Johnny Wilkinson... Won the yeah. World Cup for that's right when Matt Rogers blew the kick, the clearing kick, and just gave yeah. England the the easiest drop goal in history. But you were you were very you were disgusted with the the tactics that England used throughout that entire World Cup, basically just going for drop goals. All oh, the time. they grind they grinded and grinded and grinded and kicked drop goals. But that they was a uh, tactic that Clive won. Clive Woodward, the coach, yeah, he. He knew what that knew what suited him, and yeah. he recruited. He recruited, but shaped his team especially for it, and they won. So I wish we were doing the podcast then, because your the vitriol that was spewed <laughs> forth from your mouth was a sight. To well, behold. it's the same thing. It's the same thing I just said about the AFL. It's supposed to be played with joy and freedom, and Who says? a little bit of grunt at the front. Who says it's the whole point of the game? No, that's the point of. Local sport, not at the not when these guys are playing as professional footballers, professional cricketers, professional netballers. I know, I know, professional swimmers. They're only interested job. They're only interested in the job. But take uh, Jose Mourinho over at Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Brought Chelsea their first Premier League title for a very long time. Yep. When was it in the nineties, two thousands? Can't remember. Can't remember, and it doesn't matter. His style is basically score a goal, park the bus. Yep. And they won Did it work? so many games. He recruited the best defenders. And yep. the defenders he had, he trained them up to be even better defenders. And he brought in guys like Didier Drogba and fellas like that who could score goals. Yep. So they'd score a goal and then just defend. defend. They'd just sit back on it and go, come and get us. Yeah. And they won, they won the league like that. Good on And them. then everyone else went, oh, okay, well, we're just going to score a goal and then try to park the bus. And but if yeah. you're not good enough to do it, you, what, then you, get, you, get, you found get found out. out. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Angel. BJ Windsor, I stopped watching the Renegades Big Bash because I got sick of the schedule being run by Channel 10 and the games being on unfriendly days. Most Renegade games were on a Monday. Mm. Also got sick of the high player turnover with only Aaron Finch playing for the Renegades every season. Now, that... Last point is very interesting. Because you are all about free market, open, go and play wherever you want, play a different yeah, team each week but if you want I to. I know I'm in the minority on that. Damn I want right. I want BJ, I want everyone to be able to go anywhere whenever they want. Mm. And I'm not Help. naive Ch enough change, to think, change three times during a week. Change three times during a week if that's the way you want to go. No. And if that's the way your teams want to move you. But Big Bash is interesting because Without being disrespectful, you are okay. The, I'm not racist, but the here we only go. the Without only disrespectful the only players that the fans care about are the Australian internationals and the big imports. Your Shield Battler, who's you know bowling four overs and going for thirty five runs, no one cares about them. No one would know. I mean, I'm sure BJ would be able to name. Adam Blizzard and Travis Burt, I'm sure. The Renegades list and things like that. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's not what Big Bash is all about. Big Bash is all about noise and swinging and watching um, Chris Gale or whoever come here and try to hit the ball as far as they can. Uh, okay. Yeah, we've, I mean, you and I have butted heads on this before because you, you like the Big Bash. I love I, it. I think it's just a milkshake. But anyway. I think it's great. It brings <laughs> me to the yard. The last one, AJ. Talk me through it. 
Le Tigre Watteau. Oh, we haven't heard from Le Tigre Watteau in a while. No, maybe Le Tigre Watteau has been celebrating Le Tigre's AFL Premiership a little bit too hard. Well, we don't know if it's Le Tigre Watteau. Maybe they like the band. But anyway, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Male, male or female, we appreciate Le Tigre Watteau's what have they? What have they said? Oh, they're obviously a Richmond fan because they ask, does dumping a truckload of chicken shit at the front door of Punt Road count? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Now, for people, for people who aren't uh, AFL historians, Richmond back in the day weren't very good and this they were really bad and really, really, really bad at it. May 2001 is when it all came to a head. Yeah, talk us through it. One, one Monday after a terrible, terrible loss to Geelong, the, a painter, a painter known as Gecko, his real name, George Kokios, had decided to, rather than, you know, put your microwave, put the membership card in your microwave, burn your, 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 your scarf like someone did recently. What a dickhead that person was. Five tons of chicken manure in the back of a truck, backed up, reversed it towards the front steps of Punt Road Oval, <laughs> lifted the tray and, and dumped the chicken poo and off you went at about 5 a.m., 6 a.m. There's video of it. Because I think he called the he called the news crews. Oh, did he? There were news crews there interviewing him in his truck, saying, "What'd you do this for?" And he said, "Well, I needed to tell them or something like that." Now that needs to be uh, we might we'll dig that out on YouTube and put it up on our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash a sporting discussion. But uh, yeah, Richmond fans weren't the bundles of arrogant joy you know them to be now back in the day cameras yeah camp tv and newspaper cameras were were definitely there it was their third game in a row to geelong that they had lost they lost by 42 points they had six goals to one kicked against them in the last quarter danny frawley was coming yeah in the and so he, look his hair had gone gray by then if you're watching from the start of his <laughs> yeah. coaching to, to the end and it was, yeah, sorry, no, it was a, bit, a quarter to eight, 7.45 mm. in the morning. Yeah, and he tipped um, off the press because he wanted his um, he wanted his truck to be in the news because it had his branding on it. Oh, there you go. That's smart. Yeah. Matthew Richardson, star player at the time, he was there laughing. He looked at it <laughs> and he said, You're mate, an idiot, mate. That's effing amazing. <laughs> so oh, so like they go, yeah, dumping a whole bunch of chicken poo at the front door of the club, that's... That's a fair effort. Is there anything that tops that? We might keep this topic open, Andrew, it because can't be. there's always going to be outrage and people walking away in disgust. Plus, I want to talk to Emily if we can. So, yes. if you end up walking away from your team, your a player, the league, the sport, uh, get in touch with us at ASD underscore radio on Twitter or Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. If you've ever put your foot through a television whilst watching, uh, I'm sure that there's got to be something like that but you don't have to have backed up a truck of chicken manure but just tell us what you've done when you've just had enough AJ, that just about brings us to the end of another episode of a sporting discussion, but you have a couple of things that you wanted to raise. Yeah, going to start off with some ice hockey. Okay. The hockey League over in the States. You'll like this. I will. You, you love your quirky stories. I like the ice hockey. We, we don't know anything about ice hockey. Do you know anything about ice hockey? I, I know a little bit. I know there's an Australian, Nathan Walker, who was over there. Yes. Playing, got cut, 
got traded and then I think went back to his original team, Washington. I don't know, the Melbourne Ice and the Melbourne Mustangs. And the Canberra the, Brave. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the Canberra Brave, there was a massive issue with them. Their, oh, that's right. Their Let's, coach. But that's not what we're here. The crowd. Okay, no. That's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, yeah. As the battle, the battle for the biggest trophy, the most oversized trophy in sport begins. It's the Washington Capitals going for their first Stanley Cup in 20 years versus the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who are in their first ever year of existence. It's so cool. It's unreal. The first, I think, they're the second team ever across all the four major codes in the States to make the championship series in their first ever year of existence. Wow. I don't know any of the players. I don't know the coach. Um, I know a few people I follow on Twitter and a few friends of mine have been following them this year because they think it's funny. The Golden Knights are really funny on Twitter. They they rip people. They banter people. They've been been excellent. And I I saw something. That sort of stuff is a lot better than a witty banner that players run through. Oh, John, I've got a terrible banner for you if you're on the GWS one from the weekend. But no. the um, the the Las Vegas team, the the team manager, I think it was, was was a quote from him at the start of the season resurfaced, where it's just gone. Oh yeah, look, we're not aiming to to win the whole thing. We just think that we'll bring together a decent team. We'll have an okay season and we'll just try and build on it. Mm. That is <laughs> under promise and over deliver. Yeah, that's it's really it's really interesting the way yeah. that's ended up. Um, Go on, Vegas. What do you got? You got one? Oh, the Premier League, the English Premier League over in the UK has just been finalised or finished. Yes. And do you know what else has just been sorted with all of that? No. The prize money. Oh, what's that? Now, well, four. Hundred million pound. Wait, what's Four that? That's like seven seven hundred mil Aussie. More, more nine hundred mil Aussie. Yeah, over yeah. eight hundred. Good um, lord! It is. Is just, that up and down the league? Yeah. So, Sheesh. You, if you if you happened to to win, you you got something like twenty five million pound. Yeah, because yeah, the teams at the top of the Premier League really do need more cash. Yeah. <laughs> you feel for them. That, that, that is true. But it's just it's an insane amount. And you see the advantage of getting promoted to the Premier League. You get a couple of million pounds for mm. being promoted. When you but, get demoted, you get like 30 million pounds or something. Yeah, just yeah. So, that you, so that you don't go broke. <laughs> but, but you have a look at how much money those top teams get. And it just gives you an indication of just why they continue the top teams continue to be the top teams on a consistent basis mm. because they've got all that cash behind them yeah. and it just keeps on coming. Too big to fail. Yeah, phenomenal. I've got one last one before we wrap this up. All right, up. talk to me. Now, full disclosure here. Okay. We like Beck Goddard, former coach of the Adelaide Crows women's team. Correct, we premiership a, coach. We were, I dare say, we were the first podcast or outlet anywhere to interview her before AFLW season one. And we certainly were the first ones to interview her before the club got hold of the media got guidelines. Got hold of the media guidelines, yes. So we had a very good chat to Beck. Now, it turns uh, Beck left the Crows, what, month and a bit ago? Yep. Six weeks or so ago, uh, because it couldn't work out that they could give her a full-time spot in the club. Correct. Because uh, AFLW is only for like three, 12 weeks of the year. Yep. Now, well playing, yeah. So she unfortunately had to leave and go back to Canberra. Uh, now, Adelaide this week announced their new AFLW coach, mm-hmm. and it's former 
Ruckman Matthew Clark. Yes. Who who is the who in the press release was announced was uh, the press release said he will continue in his role as the AFL men's ruck coach. Yes. So he has a full time job there, uh, and they're going to accommodate that with him being the AFLW coach, but that was too difficult to accommodate for Beck. So I think the slight difference there is Matthew Clark was already the ruck coach, and so they've just added this to his duties as opposed to needing to add a role for Beck to fill. I think that would be the line that the club would take. Now, it's I don't necessarily buy it. It stinks a little am- bit. It stinks more than a little bit. The amount of money flying around clubs. I've I've got a a little a slight conspiracy for Let, you, let's AJ. Have it. Let's have it without defaming or slandering. No, no, there's no defamation, there's no slander. But you know how recently in the AFL they introduced a spending cap for not just for the the players, but for coaching and admin staff. Mm-hmm. Is this a way for AFL men's teams to get around that by saying, well, Matthew Clark, instead of earning $200,000 a year as our ruck coach, we'll pay you $150,000 a year and $50,000 a year to be the AFLW coach so that uh. less goes under their AFL men's admin cap. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, There's my conspiracy theory. That's not without... Probability, I dare say. It just, uh, yeah, it stinks a little bit that uh, the inaugural AFLW Premiership coach who took the team to within a game of doubling up in the grand final yep. uh, after losing, missing her best player for the 90% of the season, you can't accommodate her. She's got yep. a proven track record in coaching players uh, Men, women, everybody. And bringing people from two states together. Yeah, so I don't know. Just stinks, just stinks to me. It's a bit, yeah, bit, a bit interesting. Hmm. Righto. Anything else from you, AJ? I've got one quick one. We'll go on. Uh, and it's probably something that we need to in, sort of talk about in a How little much bit time more depth. Oh, no, I'm just going to quickly mention it. It is the the women, the, speaking of the AFLW, the trading and signing period that happened. There's a bit of angst from other clubs, particularly Brisbane and Craig Stasevich, the coach there, towards North Melbourne for not acting within the spirit of the game. Mm. Now, North Melbourne were given no rules, no regulations within which to poach players and select players. Weren't they given a... A rule around how many players they could take from one club? Nope. I thought they were. Don't believe so. I think that it, it was just open slather. Okay. They signed Emma Carney before... Before the season before the, had even finished. Well, yeah. no, before the before there was any <laughs> rules uh, an, announced around yeah. trading and what the new clubs would do. Mm. So they've been... It, it's very interesting. The, the draft order has yeah, come out. Yeah, here we go. I knew this. Sorry okay. to interrupt. Um, our very good friend, Pete Holden... Peter yep. Holden from Aust- Women's, Australian, Women's Rules Australian Rules Football Radio. Yep. That's right. Sorry. Wrote something for sportingdiscussion.com. Yes. Our wonderful website. Go check it out if you want. Uh, where he said the expansion period, Friday 11th of May for a week and a half, ending on the 21st of May, which was last week. During this period, the Cats and Kangaroos can sign up to four players from any, four players each from any current team, but the final okay must be given by the league for each signing. Mm. So that's where it was. And the current teams had the opportunity to match or better those offers for a player. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
So I think it was, yeah, it's all, it was all and very and, interesting. And Craig's, it is possible for an expansion side to sign a fifth or sixth player as long as everyone agrees. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so there was yeah, a bit of a bit of animosity there around uh, a lot of those signings. So interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot happens. of key players were taken from other teams. Well, when they, Mel Hickey went from Melbourne to Geelong. Collingwood's two initial, original marquee players, Moana Hope and Emma King, are now at North Melbourne. North Melbourne, yeah. So, and, and it's all going to go, all going to happen again next year when four, three or four new teams come in. Well, and well, ninety nine percent of the competition are only on one year deals. Yes, probably due to probably. the new teams. Yeah, it's got to be spill and fill next year. Surely. Interesting. Oh, you'd, surely you'd hope so, wouldn't you? All right, AJ, that will do us. Is there anything that we should be looking out for from you? What should we read? We should be looking at the raw.com.au on Monday. Got a thing going up after the State of Origin Queensland side is named. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Wednesday, I've got my weekly weekly section in. Do you want to give us a hint? No. Okay. No hints. Uh, Very good. It is, it is going to be good, though. I'm, I'm talking to a few people at the moment to get a story straight. Excellent. Uh, we've also got a sportingdiscussion.com or yes. a sportingdiscussion.com.au. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming there. Getting the podcasts will be up there, shows will be up there, clips, ex- excerpts, excerpts of audio, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you want to write for us, get in touch at ASD radio, underscore radio on the Twitter or facebook.com slash sporting discussion, or you can email us. The email's on the website. Uh, are you going to be on your Triple R this, mo- this Monday morning? Monday morning, 7.15 a.m., talking all things sport and if things go to plan, I'll be representing Triple R and PBS for the Mighty Megahertz on <laughs> June 24. If your back holds up. If my back holds up, I'm sure it will. Get on down to Victoria Park. Now, make sure you get in touch with us next week. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a good podcast. State of Origin is a couple of weeks away. We're going to have a big Origin Origin show. First match in Melbourne. First match is in Melbourne, June 6th. So we're going to be talking to, talking to people from Queensland and New South Wales to talk us through the teams, the game, and everything about it. So... Tune in next week. Thanks for listening tonight, and we'll be back soon. See ya.